0: Section 22 of the Curtis Aviation Book by Glenn Curtis and Augustus Post. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part 5 Everyday Flying for Professional and Amateur. Chapter 2 Aviation for Amateurs. The man who contemplates buying an aeroplane for his own use will be especially interested in three subjects. First, how difficult is it to learn to fly second how long it takes to learn and third what is the cost of upkeep by difficult i do not mean dangerous anyone who has gone far enough to consider owning and operating a machine knows and discounts the element of danger and as to cost it is easy to get figures on the first cost of an aeroplane What the investigator would like to know is what is it likely to cost him for maintenance, breakage, and so on. With a competent teacher, and if ever competence was necessary it is here, learning to fly is neither difficult nor dangerous. Six weeks ought to be time enough to teach one to fly, provided the pupil knows something about motors and is apt in other ways contrary to popular belief reckless daring is not one of the requirements for success indeed a man who applies for a position as aviator with the announcement that he is a daredevil afraid of nothing under heaven is very likely to be rejected for this very reason and a pupil who has the common sense to know that there is no especial point in defying a quite impersonal force like gravitation will get up a much better start than one who has so little caution that he wants to get up in the air too soon caution is the great thing for the beginner let him learn the machine first from the ground and on the ground learn the controls and find out what to do when he shall be up in the air then let him learn how it feels to run over the ground on the wheels then he will begin to make jumps little ones then longer and longer until he is free of any fear of the air This comes sooner with some than with others, and it is said that in some rare cases fear of the air never exists at all. For the great aviator, the star performer, like any other great man, has to be born with certain qualifications, and a good many of them. There is no reason, with the advancing improvements in the flying machine, why almost everyone with a real desire to fly should not be able, in a comparatively short time, to learn to do so as for the third point it will cost no more to keep an aeroplane than to own an automobile the initial cost is the greatest of course there are the same qualifications that obtain with the automobile the cost of upkeep will depend upon whether you have many and serious breakages and whether the owner looks after his own machine should the owner prefer to hire a competent mechanic his wages will be about the same as those of a first-class chauffeur. As for smash-ups, the expense of these would be considerable, but not as much as it would be if an automobile should have an accident. For contrary to the ideas of a good many of the uninitiated, it is quite possible to injure an aeroplane, and quite seriously too, without in the least hurting the aviator. In this respect, the hydro-aeroplane is of course safest of all i am reminded of a recent accident at antibes near nice france where mr hugh robinson who was demonstrating a curtis hydro aeroplane suffered a badly wrecked machine without the least injury forced to make a quick landing he chose in order to avoid a flock of motor boats filled with spectators to dive directly into the water the shock threw him out of the machine and he swam about unconcernedly until a motor boat picked him up of course, a similar sharp contact with solid ground would have wrecked the aviator to some extent as well. But it is possible to put a hydroaeroplane completely out of commission, necessitating expensive repairs, and not be more than shaken up. Really, there is much less danger of smash-ups than the outsider would think, provided the aviator is a careful driver. The main thing is to have great judgment in choosing a time for flights an inexperienced aviator should never take up his machine in an unsteady wind of greater velocity than ten miles an hour the less wind the better for the beginner the dangerous wind is the puffy gusty sort and this should be avoided by any but the most experienced aviator it must be remembered however that it is the variations not the velocity of the wind which causes the trouble another item of expense to be taken into consideration is the transportation of an aeroplane from one place to another for it does not always go on its own wings this however is neither difficult nor expensive i am able for example to take down my machines and pack them in specially constructed boxes so that they take up but a comparatively small space for shipment the setting up process is not difficult nor even complicated and can be performed by anyone having had the proper instructional term at a first-class aviation school an illustration shows an aeroplane in its case carried on an automobile with regard to safety as a steady every-day means of transportation all of us in and out of the profession know that as mr hudson maxim has said to make the aeroplane a common vehicle for say the commuter it must be improved so that flights shall become more a function of the machine and less a function of the aviator at present a great deal depends upon the man who is flying especially upon his quick and accurate judgment and his power to execute his judgment instantly and automatically the man who buys an aeroplane to fly knows this beforehand and takes it into account Indeed, it is a question whether, if the flying machine were as safe as a rocking-chair, there would be so much fascination about it. But while the aviator will always have to take into account, no matter how the mechanism may be improved, a certain element of danger that may attend it, he may as well remember, to quote Mr. Maxim once more, that the tenure of life of no automobilist is stronger than his steering-gear. It certainly is not looking too far ahead to forecast the entrance of the aeroplane into the commuter's life. The great mass of people certainly will not take the airline any more than they are now coming in by automobile every morning. And yet how many businessmen, and not necessarily the richest, do make the trip that twice a day they used to take in a railroad car, in the open air with the exhilarating breezes of their own automobiles, Perhaps not these same businessmen, but a corresponding class, will undoubtedly reduce the dull hours of train travel by half and turn them into hours of delight by the popularization of aeroplane transportation. As has been the case with every means of transportation that has shortened time of travel, the habitable zones around cities will grow larger and larger, as places hitherto inaccessible open before the coming of the swiftest form of transportation known to man and the only one not dependent upon the earth's surface whether mountain swamp or river to shape its course if we had a course only a few hundred feet wide from new york to st louis or chicago aeroplanes could go through every day and there would be little danger indeed even as things are now it would be a much safer method of travel than by automobile as well as of course much faster long lanes with grass on each side and an automobile highway in the middle would be of the greatest advantage to both forms of travel in crossing mountains on the downhill side an aeroplane could glide for long distances at an angle of one to five so that if the elevation were a mile high it could glide five miles before landing and on the uphill side it could of course land immediately and with ease to return to the amateur it is always better to go around an object that you cannot land on immediately landing is indeed one of the most important points for the amateur aviator to consider if it is possible watch all accidents and study them closely I take every means I can to learn what causes an accident so as to guard against it myself. Strictly speaking, almost everything about the art of aviation is being learned by experimentation, and the causes of accidents, while not always exactly ascertainable, are of the greatest interest to builders and operators of flying machines, for out of the accidents of today often come the improvements of tomorrow while learning and indeed whenever possible you should examine the ground before attempting to fly over it the pupil should inspect every inch of the course over which he is to fly by walking carefully over it noticing all the holes and obstructions in the ground then should it be necessary to land for any cause whatever he will know instinctively where to land and what to avoid in landing keep away from other aeroplanes for the wind-wash in their wake may tip up your plane and cause serious trouble. My advice to the amateur begins and ends with one injunction—go slow. Yes, for more than a month, go slow. It is hard to resist the temptation to try to do stunts. With a certain amount of familiarity with your machine, so that you feel you could do a great deal more than you are doing— and with some experienced and confident performer all but turning somersaults with his machine over your head, to the delight of the crowd, it is hard to resist giving oneself the thrill that comes from taking a risk and not being caught. But you will do the stunts all the better for going slow at first. Mr. Charles Battelle Loomis, the late American humorist, said once, in talking about the opening of the fields of air, it was thought that the automobile was a machine of danger but the aeroplane has made it comparatively safe a man in an aeroplane a mile above the earth taking his first lesson all by himself is in a perilous position he has not one chance in a thousand of ever owning another machine a man who will fly over a city full of hard-working people is a selfish brute until a man is absolutely sure of himself He should always fly with a good-sized net suspended beneath his machine. The man in the street has always hated new things. He hated velocipedes, then bicycles, then safeties, then automobiles, then motorcycles. But he has not yet learned to hate the aeroplane. But wait until monkey wrenches begin to fall on Broadway, or beginners begin to fall on the man in the street. Then he will be mad at the aeroplane, if there is anything left of him allowing for the humorist's exaggeration there is this element of truth in it that mechanical flight has as yet a strong element of uncertainty yet there are certainly wonderful stunts to be done with a flying machine and the fun is as much in the effect on the flyer as on the audience perhaps even more so i would fly for mere sport if i were not in the business for there is a fascination about flying that it is unnecessary to explain and difficult to resist. You can chart currents of the sea, but the wind is such a capricious element that, though there are, so to speak, outline maps that could be made of the general direction of the winds, there will always be a certain uncertainty about their conduct. Nevertheless, there are so much greater possibilities in flying than in any other of the arts— That it is no wonder the amateur wants to develop them. And in conclusion, I can say that an aeroplane in perfect condition is as safe as an automobile going at the same speed, and I mean it. End of section twenty two. Recording by Maria Casper.